The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live in the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Saturday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. At the top of the page, you'll see two videos there. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. You can still watch that up until 3 o'clock today, at which time he'll go live at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and he'll be on for two hours. So you like Bradley Dean? Two hours on Saturday is a treat for you, so be sure to catch him then. On the right side of, the, of that is uh, where we're streaming live. Just click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and then click on the Rumble icon and join us in the chat on Rumble. Um, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble is where we're at. Please subscribe to the channel. You'll be notified when, uh, when, when we go live or when we upload a video. 
Uh, be sure to check that out, though. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, we're streaming on beforeitsnews.com at the top of the page there, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and if you've got a Roku device, we're on there at Cutting Edge TV. Be sure also to sign up for our email newsletter right up under where we're streaming live on sonsoflibertymedia.com. And uh, you get one email from us a day on all the articles that we put out for that day. So be sure to check that out. Also, uh, if you want the weekly email, which should go out later today, that's the one that tells you what we're doing in the ministry. All right. And uh, Bradley's article from that week and whatever the special is. By the way, our store is open and our special for this week ends tonight. It's our Resistance to Tyranny is Obedience to God t-shirts. We've got these in red and we got them in blue and from small to triple X. So $20 is normal price. It's a little bit more for the double and triple X because there's more material, obviously. Uh, But you can get 10% off of these through midnight tonight with the promo code resist. Right. Get as many as you want. Get 10 percent off of them. And that's through tonight at midnight. So be sure to check that out. And then finally, if you agree with our message, you want to help us out, uh, keep us out there doing what we're doing on Internet radio and out among the people. There's a donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. Uh, set that amount you want. There's some benefits to doing that as well, uh, discounts in the store and some goodies, things like that, if you want to set that up. Uh, but be sure to check that out. Okay, before we really get into the show, I've got a couple of headlines and a couple of videos I'm going to play, and then we're going to get right over to our guest this morning. Uh, Biden's ATF pick was Obama's classmate at Harvard. Uh, classmate at Harvard. <laughs> what could go wrong, right? All these Marxists getting together and talking about how they're going to change the world, right? And they're doing it. They're, they're, they're just doing it right in their face. And the people are sitting back and they're complaining and they're mocking them, thinking that's doing something. It's not. Okay? If you bring justice, that'll stop it. But as long as you don't bring justice, we're just emboldening them you know, to do more to us. So check that out, sonslibertymedia.com. Also, IMF director admits we printed too much money as inflation reaches record highs worldwide. Now, just, uh, you know, it's not that they didn't know this. They did know it. They knew exactly what they were doing. Take a listen to what these psychopaths, listen, listen to them chuckle about what they've done that's destroying the economies of the world. Adam MD. Um, I, I think we are not paying sufficient attention to the law of unintended consequences. We take decisions with an objective in mind and rarely think through what may happen that is not our objective. Uh, and then uh, we wrestle uh, with, the, with the impact of it. Take uh, any 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 decision that is a massive decision, like uh, the decision that we need to spend to support the economy. And at that time, you we don't did st- recognize that may lead to too much money in circulation, too few g- goods, but didn't really quite think through the consequence in a way that upfront would have informed better. Uh, what what we do, and I subscribe entirely what, to what uh, uh, Christine said about uh, climate shocks. We are already out of time, and the uh, <laughs> fact that whenever something <laughs> I thought there were twelve us, years from AOC, we forget about this other crisis is inc- incredibly troubling. 
the fact that we are, I'm sorry I'm going on here, but I'll finish in a second. <laughs> we act sometimes like eight years old playing soccer. Here is the ball. We are all at the ball and we don't cover the rest of the field. All right. Th this, these are people, I'll guarantee you, they probably never worked a day in their life. They've made their money off the backs of other people. And this is why they're, they're talking nonsense like that. They live extravagant lives. And then they're put in charge of the money supply. They probably have never had to budget squat in their own house because they've been, like I say, filthy rich, taken care of and everything else. Okay. Yet they're, they're, now they're coming and saying, oh, we didn't think about this, that, and the other. They thought about it. They thought about it. And this is what they're, they're driving a certain agenda. Look, this is, this is just more evidence of it. As food shortage, shortages loom and U.S. kids starve, and they are doing that, and we're seeing more and more homeless, now they're criminalizing it. They're making it a crime for you to be homeless in certain places. I, I told you about the story that came out of Tennessee last week. Right, Columbia, down here in my own state, have criminalized it. It's made it a crime to be homeless. And we've seen Pastor Artur up in Canada. He's been arrested for what? Feeding the homeless. These are things that Jesus said that we should be doing. They're attacking the very things that people demonstrate their love towards others in doing. Caring for the poor, caring for the homeless. And they're attacking it, and they're going to make you a criminal if you dare feed one of them, or if you're like the guys out in the Midwest who who had private property, who just wanted to give the guys a little place where they could build literally one-room sheds to live in, and the government comes in and tears it down. Oh, you didn't meet this code. You didn't meet that code. What's your land? What in the world are we doing letting government tell us that we can't build something to house homeless people on? On our own property. Seriously. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It really is. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Series of mega disasters could make this catastrophic year for food production in the United States. Then is the U.S. going to transition from stagflation directly into full-blown economic depression? It looks like that's what they're pushing for. Another almost $6 trillion bill. And those of you complaining because it's Biden and the White House... Overseeing that mess. Just remember, same Congress that Trump had, and Trump was doing it, and he pushed, you know, six point two trillion dollar bill. None, of, a lot of you didn't complain about that. Many of you did who listened to this show, but a lot of you didn't complain that you justified it because it was your guy wearing your jersey. All this is going to come back on us. It really is. And speaking of the pandemic, here's something to to consider. Listen to this young man. You're talking about brilliant. Listen to this guy. Boy, you can see the people shifting in their seats when he calls them out. Listen to this. Jamie, you asked this question. What do you think what you've heard? Um, well, I agree with what uh, Mims was saying, to be honest, uh, in general. I think what it shows that by Boris Johnson breaking the rules was that they were absurd in the first place and that we should never have gone into lockdown. And that was the, it was the biggest the mistake, I think, that the government has made because we now have a mental health crisis. We now have children who have to catch up on their lost learning. And we have uh, NHS backlogs of over 6 million people. And, and we have cancer patients who can't get seen <laughs> Look at who these. died during lockdown. A few people on the radio no can one see. Talks about that. Why are we not talking about the collateral damage from two years of lockdowns which have destroyed the economy okay. and which have caused the cost of living crisis that's happened today? Okay. I mean, 
it, you guys on the radio, you can't see it, but I'll have it up in the archive so you can see it. You ought to watch the people. They're just like, oh, my goodness, he is just outing us. And you got some people who are laughing because they bought the whole thing. And yet you still see stuff like this. This is um, this is at a meeting with, quote unquote, world leaders. And they're still playing. They're still playing the theater, getting their picture taken with their mask. And then once the pictures are over, they pull the mask off. That, that, that's the theater that's going on to continue the deception. One more thing, and then we're going to bring Simone on, okay? Uh, this one, again, this devil, I, I don't know what else to call him. You've all Noah Harari. He's a sodomite. He's pretending that he's married to another man. He is completely severed his conscience. Um, I don't even know what to say. Now he's come out and added to his blasphemies that he said before, these are the kind of guys that we need to deal with because they're a threat to every country on the face of the earth. All right, they are. Listen to what this devil has to say. We should get used to the idea that we are now basically the gods of planet earth. Listen to that. We have now divine powers of creation and destruction. As a species, we, sh we should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are really now hackable animals. Um, you know, throughout history, lots of people, organizations, governments dreamt about hacking human beings. To hack a human being means to understand people better than they understand themselves. To know more about you than you know about yourself and therefore be able to predict uh, your decisions and feelings and to manipulate and control you. Um, this is what Stalin dreamt about and Hitler and the Catholic Church and so many. And it never worked. Richard. It was impossible yeah. because there was no technology to do that. Uh, you know, in the Soviet Union, you couldn't follow everybody all the time. Even Stalin and the KGB couldn't do it. You don't have 200 million agents to follow 200 million people 24 hours a day. And even if you do that, then these agents, they would just, you know, write paper reports where you go, who you meet, what you do, and they send these reports to Moscow. And then somebody needs to read all these paper reports and write more paper reports. And that's impossible. But now, or in a few years, it will be possible to systematically hack all the people because you don't need human agents to follow everybody around. You have sensors and microphones and cameras and smartphones. It's the first time in history that you can follow everybody all the time. And the resulting information, you don't need people to analyze it. You have artificial intelligence and algorithms. So we are very close to the point when it will become possible to monitor everybody all the time. And then also to know you better than you know yourself. So that means life is one big job interview. Everything that the machine knows can be held against you. Yes. Um, you know, in 10 years, you go to a job interview for whatever. And they don't want your CV. They don't even want your job interview. It's unnecessary. I mean, today, if I want to hire somebody for a job, I publish an ad, a hundred people answer. I choose the 10 best CVs. I invite them for a job interview, 10 minutes, and I try to assess their personality or whatever. That's, you know, very inefficient. Um, in 10 years, or even today in some places, you don't need all that. You just mine their data. 
You have an algorithm that goes over their Facebook feed, their Instagram account, data from many places. And based on that, you can know their personality type, their political views, their sexual preferences, and the algorithm chooses uh, who to hire for a job. So which means that anything you do at any time is really part of the job interview. This, I mean, this guy, this guy's giving him over giving himself over to the devil is what he's done he's given himself completely over to the desires of his own flesh which is something we're going to talk about today uh when we talk about our our health we're going to be talking about uh some instances of self-control which the bible even references as a fruit of the spirit right but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Now, I'll let you know, Kate is off today. She was doing um, uh, a talk, I think, last night. On her way back in, she's getting a new little dog and uh, sent me a picture of him um, yesterday and along with some videos of Mr. Bo. But uh, this is going to be this is going to be her new little puppy. And, and I'm sorry, it's skinny. It's because my screen's really wide up here. But uh, this little guy's name is Mr. Raphael. Now, if you don't recognize that name, Jehovah Rapha, right? The Lord, our healer. This means God heals. Raphael, right? And uh, this is going to be her, her new little companion in the place of Mr. Bo. And uh, so she's going to be picking him up this weekend. We'll, we'll hear about that soon enough. But... In her stead is uh, Simone Plout, and she's came on uh, this morning. And uh, Simone, it's great to see you again this morning. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Sure, sure. Now, now, Kate sent me a thing saying you're going to tell people how to get their summer body on, so to speak. But this is going to be an issue about dealing with our weight. Um, you know, I I'm reminded when this comes up, I'm reminded of scripture in the book of Judges, where you've got this really fat guy. And uh, Ehud, go Ehud goes in there with his with his dagger, and he stabs him. The, bi the Bible says that the, the fat wrapped around him. So, and it made a big deal about that. It made a big deal that he was a really heavy guy, and yet we don't really hear anything like that among the people of God so much. In fact, what God laid out them for their diet was to keep them healthy, was to give them life. And Kate's been, you know, reiterating that that kind of theme for the number of years we've had her, you've also seen that, and you also speak sort of to that issue too, that mm -hmm. God has designed us to be healthy so that we can do the work that we're supposed to do. The good works, as we read about in Ephesians 2, uh, 10, that he's laid out for us beforehand because of what Christ has done for us. So tell us a little bit about that. And I know you've got a personal story that you want to share with people uh, with regard to the issue of weight loss. Yeah, well, um, I uh, struggled with my own weight for most of my life. Um, I started getting very heavy when I was only seven years old, and I went through school as a very um, plump, uh, overweight child, and then um, struggled with eating disorders in my early teens, um, and then um, started a, a lifelong battle with my weight. and. Um, as uh, I found it absolutely miserable. And of course, it's a great threat to our health. Um, being very heavy is um, likely to cause high blood pressure, increasing the risk of heart disease and strokes. 
and also uh, diabetes um, and a whole host of other problems, um, shortening your life and um, also your quality of life is very much uh, undermined. So um, it was only when I got into my early 50s, I'm now in my mid 60s, that I actually started to uncover the um, the reasons and um, actually uh, get to the bottom of my problems with, with uh, weight management. And I used to go on diets um, and my weight would drop and then I would get the body I wanted and then my weight would creep back up again. And um, I tended to put weight on over the um, winter holidays and, you know, over the Christmas break. And um, I know you have uh, Thanksgiving in the States, um, but I'd, my weight would creep up through the, the winter months. And then I'd get to the beginning of the summer or the, the late spring, knowing that I was going to want to wear a swimsuit in the summer. And my weight would have ballooned up over the uh, winter um, hours you know when it gets dark very early and it's a bit depressing and you want comfort food and you eat lots of potatoes and things like that and so my weight would go up and it would go down and it would go up and unfortunately um, living like that is not very healthy uh, for us and it tends to um, mess up your metabolism so your metabolic rate drops Um, and what that means in plain English is that um, when you lose weight, uh, unless you do it very, very slowly, uh, what tends to happen is that you lose uh, muscle as well as fat. And so that um, when you attain your your goal weight, so you can fit into your swimsuit or your summer dresses or whatever it is, or your shorts or your tennis gear or whatever for, for the guys, um, then you find that you've lost, you lost the fat you wanted to lose, but you'd also lost some muscle as well. Um, and then you find the next time the weight goes on much more quickly, and then it's that much more difficult to lose it the next time you want to try and trim back down for the summer. So you've actually effectively um, lowered the amount of calories that your body needs to maintain your your body weight on a steady um, a steady playing field, and so your your weight goes up very quickly and goes down much more slowly. And that is miserable. And you hear people say, oh, I hardly eat anything and I still put weight on. Well, that may even be the case because what's happened is that your um, your body is no longer able or capable of burning the energy in the way that it was. And you also feel tired and you don't have the energy you used to have. And that's absolutely miserable um, and undermines your quality of life and your your happiness and and um probably your lifespan as well in most cases. So what's to be done about it? Um, This is uh, really um, very troubling um, and and very, um, it it can compromise your your happiness and your joy in life. And as someone who's spent many years of my life very overweight, I know about um, the miseries of you know, struggling to keep up with the friends when you're going for a walk and not being able to get upstairs and um, getting rashes between, you know, folds of skin when it's hot, feeling really uncomfortable in the summer because the hot weather, you're already wearing a layer of, of extra body weight around you. So you, you're very, very troubled in the hot weather. So that makes life really miserable. Um, and then finding clothes that, that fit is is another challenge. It's a lot easier in the states to find um, 
larger size clothing than it is in the UK. Um, but uh, it's still, you know, you want to be, um, you want to feel good about how you look. And that's really hard when you, um, uh, as I was, I was as wide as I was tall, because I'm not very tall. Um, and when I was very overweight, I was, I was like a bit of a square because I'd got very wide. Um, and that, that was rotten. Um, well, I Simone, feel let me, let me ask you It's, I mean, obviously in our culture, everything is put on just the look. And, and I understand that people do feel a little bit better about themselves, you know, when they're, when they're fit and stuff. I get that. But a lot of the bad feeling also hap is happening because we're not designed to carry that extra weight and things. And it puts a lot of, it, it develops a lot of things. We talked about fat. I think you were on when, when we did the show with Kate about fat and how it gets in around our, our organs yeah. and things. And so there's a lot yeah. of, there's just a health issue. So I want, I want people to understand the show is not about fat shaming or anything like that. It's really yeah, about not. helping us absolutely. to be at our best uh, physically to do the things that we need to do. Yeah. I would never, I would never want anyone to feel ashamed of, um, you know, when you're carrying extra weight around because I, I had that in my life and the, um, it can be very painful and very, very hurtful when people, uh, sort of look at you with judgment. Um, and you know, there's this idea, oh, you've got no willpower or you're, you're, um, somehow, um, not capable of self-control and actually there's an awful lot more going on about why people end up carrying extra weight around. And as um, you've just said, uh, you know, you can get backache, you can get joint problems because um, your center of gravity, when you're carrying a lot of weight around your tummy, your center of gravity shifts forwards and you end up with um, putting a lot of pressure on your low back because you don't stand up straight. Your body is sort of pulled forwards by the um, extra weight you're carrying around the middle. And that puts pressure on your low back and then pressure on your knees and you get knee trouble and then you can get hip trouble and, and so on. So it really makes, um, you know, walking around, which is the exercise you want to do to try and manage your weight very much more difficult. But the, um, you know, we did not have such a huge problem with, with weight management um, in our parents' day and my parents' day. Um, that was not such a huge problem. And something's changed in our food supply. I mean, I personally, I go into the supermarket and I look at the ingredients on the back of the food packaging and there is virtually nothing in the supermarket that I can buy. I don't eat sugar. It's something I cannot eat because it acts like crack cane in my body. If I have a little bit of sugar, I just want more and more and more. It is a, um, it's a substance that my body can't handle. And so sugar is something that I have to keep out of my um, out of my diet. So I make my own food at home. Um, I buy fresh um, meat and fish and I buy um, lots of vegetables and I prepare them myself. It's time consuming, um, but you can do batch cooking. So it's not as, as time consuming as you might think. Um, but uh, sugar is something I can't have in my in my particular body chemistry. But we are actually dealing with a very difficult landscape. Um, the food manufacturers are very clever. They have laboratories um, with some very clever scientists who are out to make the food as delicious and as addictive as possible. 
They have um, terms they use in food manufacturing, such as mouthfeel, how it feels when that food is in your mouth. And they balance the sugar and fat or salt and fat in such a way that the, um, the, the experience of that food in your mouth is absolute uh, blissful. And they even call it the bliss point. So they design and mix things so that they're exactly perfect. But they also design these foods so that they have very little nutrition in them so that you might eat them and they taste absolutely wonderful. They've got amazing flavors and you want more and more of it. But your body's never satisfied because they're empty calories. There's no nutrition in these foods. And so you eat more and more of it. Um, you know, you sometimes have a, a bag of potato chips and they tend to have all kinds of delicious flavorings on them. And they're very, we call it Moorish in England. I don't know if you have that term in, in the US, but um, we call it very Moorish. So you have a, a handful and then suddenly you look at the bag and it's empty. Where did those go? It's it's and like, yeah, it's where they got the Lay's potato chip. You can't eat just one, right? Once you, you start, it's one. it's addictive to, to stick in it. I they get it. They are addictive. Yeah. And um, and then you've got some foods that literally they sing from the refrigerator. If you have a little bit, the rest of it starts singing its siren song from the refrigerator and you keep going back in there. And that's the case with ice cream. Uh, it's the case with many, many foods that um, uh, we buy from the supermarket. And they're just so delicious and so addictive that we end up. Um, and so. If you have one mouthful or one handful of these foods, then the decision about whether you have any more, the free will about whether you have any more, and the willpower about whether you have any more has been literally taken out of your hands because your brain has been hijacked by the addictive um, ingredients and the balance of fat and salt or fat and sugar in those foods so that you no longer have free will about whether you're going to have any more. And the other thing that happens, of course, is the advertising on TV. They use subliminal advertising, which has got a message that you can't actually see or hear that's calling to your mind going, you must have more of X, Y food. You need more or you want more of X, Y food. And you don't even have free will about that either. And this is why we are basically um, being uh, manipulated into struggling with our weight. And so, you know, we um, start off the day with some willpower. And as we get tired, as the day goes on, and we get more and more worn out and fed up, and um, many of us, and I'm certainly one of those people, I do emotional eating. So when I'm feeling a bit low, um, eating for comfort, something that I've tended to do. And so, you know, getting wise up to what is going on here is actually a really valuable thing um, to do to um, toughen yourself up so that you can start taking more control over how you eat and how food and, and your, your life and around food um, is organized. Simone, can, yeah. I, can I ask you a question here? You were talking about you yeah. were dealing with this uh, early on when you were young. When you look back, what were the things, if you were to look back and you were to say, well, this is why it was happening when I was young, because usually young people, very active, high metabolism, lots of energy. What do you see happening there? Is it the same thing that you're talking about now? Was the, these sugars and stuff like that that you're eating that's causing that? Or was there more to it than just that? 
Uh, well, um, sugar is a, I mean, it's just unfermented alcohol. Mm. It's um, a very addictive substance. And we, we have this idea that sugar is sweet and it's good and it's, um, you know, it's natural, um, healthy substance. But it is in many people's bodies, it has a very similar addictive quality to the way that alcohol behaves in some people's but no some people can have a glass of wine or a beer and they're fine and other people um they have one and they can't stop so you know there are some people who really struggle with this but sugar is um it, it has drug-like effects on the human body it's a, a very pleasurable substance um i was reading some research about the way that the brain behaves when you eat sugar and apparently um, they did functional MRI, that's magnetic resonance imaging, scans of the brain um, subjected to certain types of um, uh, recreational drugs. Um, and there are things in the brain called pleasure reward centers that um, are uh, stimulated when you take a certain drug. And um, the results found that with um, cocaine, it was two or three pleasure reward centers and with um, tobacco, nicotine from tobacco, it was other two or three again. But with sugar, the entire brain lights up like a pinball machine. So it is really probably the most addictive substance that we are That's incredible. connected um, to. And so if they put sugar in, you know, you'd look at tomato ketchup, for example, it's 25% sugar. Yep, this barbecue a, sauce, all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of condiments have that. All that stuff has got loads and loads of sugar in. And even, um, you know, meat is injected with sugar solution. And, um, you know, uh, I was looking at smoked salmon in, in the store recently, and a lot of that is cured with sugar. So there's sugar in virtually everything that we eat. Obviously, biscuits and cakes have got sugar in. And then, um, you know, it's something that, that our bodies can, can, can crave. So, um, and you may be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm eating sugar all the time. How am I going to give this up? Well, it's not easy, but it is something that you can gradually wean yourself off. And one of the most incredible things, if you reduce your sugar intake, is that you find your taste buds start responding differently. They recover and you start finding that food tastes better. So, for example, I had um, fresh strawberries for breakfast this morning. They're just coming into season here in the UK. And fresh strawberries, even without any kind of sauce or dressing or um, powdered sugar sprinkled on them, they are incredibly sweet. And to my taste buds, because I don't eat sugar, so I can taste the lovely, subtle flavor in those strawberries. And what you find is, the longer um, between the last time you ate sugar and, you know, the, the longer you can leave it, um, you'll start finding your taste buds recover and food starts tasting better. Rather like when people give up smoking, they find that food task starts to taste better. You'll find that with sugar. But if you were going to be looking at your diet and saying, well, where do I start? This is how I eat. Um, where do I start? The best thing you can do to start increasing the health value of your diet is to start increasing the number of vegetables that you eat. So adding some carrot sticks, you know, whatever you're eating, don't change the meal, but add carrot sticks. And if you can eat those carrot sticks 
um, start maybe having some of them before you eat and then, you know, a mouthful of your sandwich or your burger and then, you know, some carrot sticks. What you're doing is you're increasing your fiber intake. Now, fiber has a wonderful benefit when we eat. It slows down the passage of food through your digestive system. So it actually slows the release of the um, the sugars, which are breakdowns from carbohydrates. So let's say you're having a burger or a sandwich and you've got bread. Um, that bread or that, that starch or potatoes, that is broken down into sugar by your digestive enzymes. It actually starts in the mouth and that's, that's broken down into sugars. Now, if you add fiber through using um, vegetables, particularly crunchy vegetables, if you add extra fiber, you are slowing down the passage of that carbohydrate through your digestive tract, through your, your, your gut, and it's not getting into your bloodstream so quickly. So you're slowing it all down. It's like you know, imagine a train um, with um, little uh, um, trucks that contain um, cargo. You've got one cargo truck full of sandwich and then the next cargo truck full of carrots and then the next one full of sandwich. Then And that whole train may have the same amount of, of, of sandwich on it but if every other truck has got carrots, then you are slowing down the um, arrival of that cargo at the other end and you are going to really benefit. You'll feel full quicker. You'll feel more satisfied. And carrots are loaded with all sorts of wonderful benefits. But it's not just that you're getting the fiber, which is good for your gut health, reduces your risk of um, all kinds of health problems. But it also is something that our gut bacteria, the healthy gut flora, they need. Our gut needs fiber. And most people do not get enough fiber. And so those poor gut bacteria have got nothing to live on. And they get really unhappy. And they don't um, thrive. And then we start to be really uh, missing out. Simone, when you're making, when you, yeah, when you're making mention of the gut bacteria, would you recommend that people not only do what you're saying there, but even take some kind of probiotic and something like that? Yep, um, probiotics can be very helpful, um, but uh, we need to be, um, you know, probiotics are are useful, but. We need to have prebiotics as well. So prebiotics are soluble fiber. So if there's not soluble fiber and insoluble fiber in your, in your diet, then those bacteria that you're spending a lot of money on, the uh, probiotics, have gotten really, they're not going to thrive and they're not going to stick around for very long. So you're eating some very expensive um, food supplements. So um, soluble fiber is in things like uh, oat bran, it's in um, uh, some starchy vegetables, um, chicory, and um, a whole load of uh, um, artichokes have got um, uh, soluble fiber in. Apples have got soluble fiber. I mean, the story about an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Really good point. Apples are great for um, soluble fiber. The pectin is a, a wonderful we call it prebiotic, the um, soluble fibers. And, and eat help. the seeds too. Eat the seeds out eat of those apples. Pips. Absolutely, the pips. God made apples to feed and nourish us. Everything that we need is available um, growing in, in our precious world. 
And all the um, medicines we need are out there growing. Um, you know, I mean, if you think about um, penicillin, the first antibiotic, that grows on moldy bread. I mean, what a wonderful way for um, the pharmacy to be um, presented to us. Um, and I remember reading while I was studying history of medicine on my naturopathy training, there was a, um, a papyrus that was discovered in one of the Egyptian tombs called Papyrus Ebers. And they were using moldy bread for wounds that wouldn't heal back in Egyptian times thousands of years ago. So we thought um, we were very clever and we discovered penicillin uh, in the last couple of hundred years, but it actually was in use back in ancient Egypt. Um, using moldy bread for a, a wound that, that wouldn't heal. And they described pushing bits of moldy bread into the wound and putting a dressing over it. That's fascinating. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 The things that we come up, the things that, that men discover, uh, you know, after the fact, I, I'm going to say that they're, in many cases, they're thinking God's thoughts after him uh, because they're not coming up with anything new, that's for sure. But that, that's always just a fascinating thing to me. Uh, when I was a kid and I heard what penicillin, how they developed penicillin, I was like, well, who comes up with that? It's kind of like what I see now, except it's really sort of Frankenscience, if you will. Um, I, I put that on one time and Bradley says, what is this about Frankenscience? And I know it's Frankenscience. <laughs> it's just a little bit of difference. Yeah. But it's 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 gone completely synthetic and just, you know, devilish in what they're doing now where they're going into just some weird stuff about animals about uh you know murdered babies and all this other stuff that they're using but that's a fascinating thing of just using part of the creation in you know bringing healing uh, ultimately healing comes from god not from the mold or any of that other god is the one who heals the body but Absolutely. he does have means in which he does that oftentimes yeah so just um absolutely that's a very good point so um there are many things that, that many benefits that accrue from adding extra vegetables and having a wide range of vegetables added to your diet. And many of us stick to the same few vegetables every week. But if you can have a wider range, uh, you will actually end up with a wider range of bacteria living in your gut. And those bacteria are essential. They are 70% of our immune system. They are really important part of the human body. They're not there by chance. They are there by design and they are very, very important. Um, and there's more and more interesting research showing how some of our neurotransmitters, that the uh, chemicals that are used by our brains to function properly are actually manufactured by those friendly bacteria that are living in our digestive tract, in our gut. And they track up the vagus nerve into the brain. Um, from the gut straight up um, to the brain. So um, we are a system. We're not just the, the sort of two arms and two legs and a head uh, and a body. We are a whole system with these gut bacteria, an essential part of our healthy function. And in order to make that healthy function work properly, you need plenty of bacteria in there. And in order to get that, you need to make sure you're having lots of vegetables and a wide range of vegetables. So that's really important. And that extra fiber is so good for you. It helps um, prevent you losing your teeth when you get older because the action of chewing vegetables actually helps the bone um, around your teeth keeping good nick and it keeps the, the bones um, strong. 
and then the teeth are kept in uh, firmly in your jaw and your your mandible so that that you don't lose your teeth when you get older so chewing is very very important um and that fiber is um also that the action of chewing builds the muscle in your face keeps your face looking young and um and healthy um the action of chewing um you you need when you use muscles so when you chew you're you're using these muscles all around your face and those muscles then need blood supply and when the blood supply comes that keeps everything looking healthy and um so all these things um are are part of the way that we function as healthy humans so adding extra vegetables is the best thing you can do now um one of the things that i do not do in that is i do not use fruit juice i eat fruit but i don't eat fruit i don't drink fruit juice i find the sugar is much too it gets into my bloodstream much too quickly for me so everybody's different but for people who struggle with their weight often we are people who struggle with our blood sugar going up and down um and so fruit juice and many many people have fresh squeezed orange juice for breakfast why not have a couple of oranges instead and then you're keeping the fiber all that fiber that you throw away when you've juiced the oranges you could be eating that fiber and that could be slowing down the passage of that orange through your digestive tract and reducing the risk of um a big insulin hit that just makes you um put weight on and that's not good the other thing that uh, insulin uh that's the hormone produced by your pancreas which takes uh, glucose from your blood and puts it into your cells so you can use it for energy but if you produce a lot of insulin that insulin makes you feel hungry uh so if we eat a lot of food we get a big insulin hit um and that makes us feel hungry it also um causes us to put um our carbohydrates away as fat um in the fat cells so that's not great either so um again you know the fiber that you're eating um by adding extra vegetables that doesn't produce the insulin secretion as happens with um eating carbohydrate or high sugar foods very quickly so no can i ask you a question just personally for me here um because you know i used to be in a job where i worked construction i'd be up and down three, four, five, six, seven, eight flights of stairs multiple times a day, pulling wire, carrying, drilling, carrying heavy stuff, carrying well. stuff. Yeah. Doing all that kind of stuff. Had a, had a tool belt on and stuff like this. So I, I stayed in fairly good shape and that was up until about 2011 when I lost that job. And then I started doing things where, you know, I'm at home, which we were, I was happy to do because I get to be around my family, even though half the time it's not interactive with them so much as I'd like to be. But we're doing that. And then I'm, I've never been one for eating a whole bunch of food anyway. Uh, but, you know, if I'd go out of town or something, we'd have like a, a big breakfast. We go work. We might have something, you know, as far as food during the day, but usually not. It was just a lot of water that we took in because we're sweating a lot of it out. And then at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, we would go get something to eat. So you'd have sort of the intermittent fasting going on. And I still retain some of that even to this day. I don't usually eat anything right first thing in the morning i might get something between 12 and two o'clock and then my wife has dinner in the evening how is it that 
I can't get rid of the little midsection. There's about 10 pounds. I'm fine everywhere except right there. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, being at the desk a lot and working on the computer and stuff. Mm -hmm. But how is it that it maintains that when I don't have, you know, some great food intake and I'm usually not eating? I mean, occasionally I do get on a, a thing where I'll get a bag of this or something like that. But usually, I mean, like after this wedding, we had carrots and we got celery sticks and uh, other things like that, you know, that are tomatoes and other things like that. And I love that. I love that when we get it. How is it that my body's maintaining that and I'm not losing some of that when I'm not eating all this other stuff we're talking about, but I am for the most part putting this other stuff in there? How is how is that happening? What's going on well, there? It could be that, um, you know, your metabolic rate when you were doing all that exercise, that going up and down the eight flights of, of scaffolding on the construction sites and carrying all the heavy stuff and the belt and so on, you were um, you had a very high metabolic rate uh, because you were doing all that exercise and you had a lot of muscle. You would have had a lot of strong core muscle if you're carrying, um, I don't know, sheets of um, – uh, plasterboard or whatever you were carrying around that's uh, heavy and you know you were doing a workout every single day several times a day and that is huge amount of of um uh calorie um expenditure but also you were keeping your that was literally like doing weight training and when um people stop weight training you know when athletes stop training regularly the muscle that they had that is burning you know, huge amounts of energy each day starts to um, disappear. And so the, the tummy is not being held by the musculature that it was. Um, I would suggest that you might try doing some um, abdominal core exercises to help with that. But also, um, you know, uh, looking at the uh, processed carbs you're eating. I don't know if you're eating any of those. Maybe cut right back on on carbohydrates um, in your in your diet. It could be some inflammation going on. So, looking at um, what I suggest you do is keep a, a list of everything you eat for um, three or four days, and let me have it, and I'll have a look, and I'll come back to you and give you some suggestions. Okay. All right, sure. Because it could be there's something you're having that 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 may be uh, less beneficial to you and could be um, either inflammatory or, um, you know, there, there could be something going on. I can't really give you an answer right now. but No, that's fine. Continue. That's fine. Continue. I was kind of curious just as to, you know, how, how that happens because I'm sure there are people listening going – well, I do the same thing that like what Tim's doing. How do how am I still keeping weight? And I think some of it has to do obviously with the exercise part. And everybody has in their mind, I know a gym. Uh, and for a lot of people, that if they do work like I do, maybe the gym is is for them, or or going out walking in the yard, whatever the case may be. But for some people, it's not even that. My boss at the time, you know, he maintained a lot of weight. Now he was a tall fella like Bradley is. He was a tall fella, but he maintained a lot of weight right in his midsection. And and he would just he would work and sweat just like I did. His clothes weighed as much as he did when he took them off at the end of the day, you know? Um and and so but he put in a lot of I saw he put in a lot of bad things. He'd go get like a 12 pack of Pepsis and some of those yeah. little caramels with the creams in them and you know 
yeah. microwave popcorn. So, and he'd sit there and eat all of it at night. It just, I was just, oh, it just hurt. But yeah. I, I think about what, what God has said to us. And, you know, I, I think over in uh, Psalm 81, I think is what I've got here, where he says, I'm the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Out, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would uh, none of me. So I gave them up the, the, their own hearts lust and they walked in the in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned their hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto me, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock. Should I have satisfied them? So God was, you know, when we see him deliver his people out of Egypt, he was feeding them. He, he provided manna for them. Uh, he gave them instructions. Yeah, he gave them quail when they desired meat. He gave them quail up to their noses. You know, he's just like you complainers. Uh, but I'm going to show that I'm going to care for you, but I'm going to make you sick of what you're asking for. And I, I think that's where, you know, this desire, this thing of self-control falls in. He says he gives them over to their lust, to their own desires, rather than, you know, them being turned unto him. He's going to say, OK, have it your way. And I think we faced a lot of that in this culture. So I think these these. These talks of health are ways that we disciple people about what God has said, because obviously we see there's a problem in our culture. And I think your culture is very much the same. We're in a Western culture and the same kind of food producers or I use that term lightly uh, are, are putting the same things in there that are that are making us mm -hmm. sick and, and causing these problems for us. Yeah, just one very quick thing um, with uh, probiotics um, they are an expensive um, uh, thing to, to use but you can actually make probiotics you can make sauerkraut and there's loads of recipes online for making your own homemade sauerkraut and that's a great way to farm um, probiotics in your kitchen so um, that's just one example of, of a way you can get these healthy bacteria into your gut uh, very inexpensively um, by making sauerkraut using cabbage and um, uh, onion and amen. Uh, Simone, so. we're we're about up against the end of the show. Uh, do you want to hang over for a couple of minutes? I got I got somebody who has a question here. We want to tell people real quick. You got about fifteen seconds. Tell people where they can find out more about you. Uh, well, I have a, a website, Longevity Works, which has just been posted up there, and I'm very happy to. Um, uh, I can take a call on WhatsApp. Um, my number is actually on the website. You can call me um, using WhatsApp from the States. Um, and I'm very happy to have a chat with people and let them know how I can help them okay. and advise them, signpost them to where they can get more help. All right, Simone Plout, we're going to hold you over. If you want to join us, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Catch Bradley at 3, and we'll see you on Monday, Lord willing. All right, I want to welcome everybody over from Red State Talk Radio. Boy, we're just barely squeezing that one in there. Uh, but, you know, Simone, we got a question in one of the chats. Um, yeah. Let me go back up to where it was. This is from... Who is this from? Ah! I lost it here. <laughs> I think it was from... I think it was from Rascal. He said something about a wheat belly... And then Stuffy, oh, okay, bread creates a pot belly, and stuff, Stuffy says, uh, ask her about a wheat belly. Do you know about a wheat belly? I guess that's the bread, the bread deal. What's, yeah, yeah. what's the distinction there? Because I'm, Kate has made mention of this before, 
that when God told his people how to make their bread, and my girls used to do it too, it was great, unleavened bread, and it's nice and flat, and of course you get a couple of bubbles in it or something like that, but it's really good. Um, what would you say about uh, the con the consuming of modern-day bread? Uh, and I'll just give this. My wife uh, was getting her own um, wheat berry. Is it wheat berries? Is that right? Um, bags of them, and then she would grind them, and she would make the bread. And the bread was like, it was like holding a brick. I mean, it was heavy. It was really dense. And the bread we get today is like, I mean, you can just smash it together, and it's got, it's full of airs. <laughs> what would you say about uh, what they're talking about here, about a wheat belly, if you will? Okay. Well, the wheat that's being grown nowadays in the fields, um, is it, they've selected the wheat that is then very easy to run a combine harvester over it. So it's not been selected for nutritional benefit for humans. It's been selected for convenience for farmers. So that's number one. And the um, particular starch in the wheat that's grown compared to what was grown 30, 40 years ago is very, very different. Um, the wheat of 30, 40 years ago was much healthier for us than the wheat of today. The other thing is that um, there's a lot of um, herbicide uh, finds its way into the grains. There's uh, glyphosate and other um, chemicals that are used to control the um, weeds to, again, make it easier for the combine harvesters to um, harvest the, the wheat um, through the field. So, there's a lot of this chemical finding its way in, which um, has an effect on gut flora, which can have an effect on this um, bloating. Um, some people develop um, wheat allergy or gluten sensitivity or um, uh, celiac disease. There's various, there are, there are a whole range of, of conditions that can uh, be problematic for people. Not everybody who's got wheat sensitivity is allergic, they could just be sensitive. So um, that there's a whole range of these things which can then cause problems. Um, there are additives used in the bread. Um, there's something called alpha amylase, which is a, um, you've got amylase in your saliva that's produced in your mouth. So if you chew bread, you'll find it, it gets sweeter and sweeter the more you chew it because the saliva breaks the um, starch down into sugars. And they actually put this, um, uh, a manufactured form of, of amylase into the bread. Um, this particular chemical is a potent cause of asthma amongst people working in the baking industry. So that's already a, an alarm bell for me. Um, so you can imagine it's not necessarily very good for us in our gut. So um, a lot of people develop, as they get older, they start developing sensitivity to foods they eat too frequently. Um, so if you're eating bread with every meal, you may be developing a wheat sensitivity. So you may get bloating and wind because um, you're not digesting that wheat properly and it starts to ferment in your gut. So you're literally... Um, uh, you're brewing moonshine whiskey in your gut, and that can cause the wow. wind and the bloating and the, um, you know, the, the passing wind, and often it's smelly wind. And, you know, you get these sort of remarks about Uncle Bill or Auntie, Auntie Sue or whoever has um, got, you know, you can hear their, their, um, their digestive tract, and it's actually that they've developed um, 
you know, as they get older, people develop an inability to fully digest certain foods. And that is uh, then causing them problems. So wheat belly can be a whole range of things. And then when you're brewing these um, chemical, you know, you're, you're, you're fermenting, you then get inflammation in the gut. The other thing that can happen, of course, is that um, if we're eating too much processed carbohydrate, you start getting uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease where the liver gets um, clogged up and your liver can swell. And when your liver swells, your belly will stick out so that the two are adding together. So there's a whole host of things that might be going on. Um, but wheat belly is, um, it's also some people get beer belly. Um, you know, if they're eating, drinking a lot of beer or eating a lot of, of bread or wheat products, um, then you can get this bloating of, of the abdomen, which is um, can be very uncomfortable, but also um, it's indicative that there's something not quite right going on. And the best thing to do about that is to just cut wheat out of your diet for a while, switch to corn and um, potatoes and rice for a bit and just avoid all wheat products for a little while and see if you get an improvement. That's the easiest way. You don't need to go off to the doctor and get loads of expensive tests. Just cut it out for a little while. Um, Call it an exclusion diet and then see how you get on. Um, It will take a good few weeks. It's not going to happen. You know, if you give it up for a week and then say, oh, well, nothing happened, I'll go back to it. If you have got damage to the lining of your gut, those cells take six weeks to replenish. So you need to be, you know, you need to give it up for a good six weeks at least to see if there's going to be an improvement. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you dealing with that. I was going to say something too. Uh, we were talking about the issue of seeds. Now, I've made this recommendation before. People know I don't. I don't make a lot of recommendations, especially when it comes to the film industry and stuff, but. <clears throat> One of them that I saw and I would encourage people to see is based off the true story. It happened up in Canada. It was with the GMOs and the seeds that were being done. And uh, I for, the guy's name was Percy. This is uh, this is the film Percy versus Goliath. It stars Christopher Walken. It's really really good. It's a it's a good uh, it, one. It shows great courage. This guy was going up against the big names in the GMO industry. And they were trying to destroy him. This guy was a generational seed. I mean, you're talking about heirloom seeds. This guy had them. And he had learned to do do that since he was a little boy. And yet, because of the cross-pollination of GMO products, they were coming and saying, well, you have our, you have our seeds. Well, he didn't have their seeds. Um, he had his seeds. And what was happening was they were basically, you know, the way I would approach it, would have been to say, wait a minute, you've made your seeds in such a way that they've trespassed on my property and gotten in my seeds. I, but anyway, he won that and it stopped the GMO wheat process at the time because they were they were trying to push that in there. So he was one of the guys sort of ahead of the curve. And boy, he incurred all kinds of expenses and everything. I would encourage people to look at that just to see from the farmer's perspective what kind of situation some of these guys are being put in because now... You know, Simone, we've known for years, our government, I'm sure yours is the same, have actually paid farmers not to make, not to produce stuff or even to destroy crops. I mean, there, I remember the pictures years ago when I was a teenager of these bulldozers sitting on top of these mountains of oranges to where they would just push them up and they weren't putting them out into the, into circulation to be sold and, and consumed. Rather, they were destroying them. And now we're seeing, Food plants, you know, go up in smoke, so to speak, 
over five months here. Uh, we're we're being warned that there's you know supply chain crisis, all this other stuff happening, and you can see. They're, they're manufacturing a famine, just like they're manufacturing the inflation. We played the people at the first saying, oh, we had no idea. No, they had an idea. They know exactly what they're doing yeah. in that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just wanted to recommend that so that people kind of get that that backstory to what some farmers are faced with uh, yeah. in the midst of what's going on. Yeah. And of course, there was uh, the peach farmer who uh, threw, I think it was dicamba drift it was drift from neighboring farms. They were using pesticide and they killed off all his peach trees. Yeah. And he won um, a huge case against the um, uh, the uh, neighboring farm that, that were just spraying without having any concern about the direction of the wind um, when they were spraying their fields with um, their pesticide and destroyed his peach crops. Yeah, and and I think that's I think that's the thing that people are gonna you know I've heard a lot of conservatives say oh you know when they'll talk about the medicines they'll they'll say oh this that and the other or they'll talk about the foods and say oh well this has helped feed all these people yeah but they're not looking down the road that's the that's the instant gratification if you will but they're not looking down the road at what are the long term effects of eating this kind of food, what are the long-term effects of taking this kind of medicine, these synthetics, these chemicals and things of that nature? And for many of them, they're just looking at whatever happens at that moment. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that if you have a traumatic situation, some of those things aren't helpful at the time, but they're still going to have some some long-term you know, effects on that. And uh, just as we've been talking about with uh, the, the health industry and the deception that's there, the sorceries that they're engaged in, as the Bible calls them, um, now that's starting to really come to the light for a lot of people that they're seeing, oh, wait a minute, these people really aren't about our health. They're about making money. And I'm not trying to question people's motives. There's a lot of doctors who think they are helping. They literally think that, or nurses, they think they're helping, but they're actually engaged in a form of poisoning some, you know, the people through a lot of these medications and things of that nature. So here's what I want to do, Simone. I want to give you the last word, and then if you will, tell people again where they can find out about you. But if you want to leave uh, everybody with a final thought, that'd be great. Okay. Well, I think um, we can do a lot worse than add um, multicolored, rainbow-colored vegetables and fruit to our diet. Um, if your plate is covered in brightly colored uh, and, and all the colors, oranges and the yellows and the red and the blue and the green, if all those colors are represented on your plate, your body is getting the nourishment that you need um, and the fiber that you need. And so make sure the majority of your plate is brightly colored fruit and vegetables. Um, and then you can make sure that, that you're getting what you need and not flooding your body with um, processed food, uh, which is not, not great. It's great as a treat, but don't don't make that the majority of what you eat because you're going to um, shorten your life, unfortunately, and um, give yourself uh, health problems down the road. Yep, yep. And in fact, uh, you know, when we've made mention about the issue of meat, I, I want to stress that we're not saying people shouldn't eat meat or this, that, and the other. But what we're saying is, is there is moderation for everything. And uh, God's given us all things <clears throat> that are sanctified by the word of God and prayer is what Paul says. And uh, one of the things that I want to make sure that we get out to people is if you're interested in contacting uh, Simone, 
and you're looking for some advice, uh, she's got a lot of information on her site as well. It's Longevity Works, L-O-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y, works.com. And uh, you can contact her there. And uh, she's got an email at the top here. And is this your, your phone number or WhatsApp? Is Because yeah, I, I don't is, have WhatsApp. But you can use it with WhatsApp. Okay. That's my number. Um, but if you uh, want to c- call me from the U.S., then you just do it's plus four four and miss the leading zero. Okay. All right. Um, Okay, hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you after after the, the sh- after I close out the show. Uh, guys, catch Bradley at three p.m. today. Two hours of Bradley Dean. So if you're if you're ready to be wound up on a Saturday, uh, ready for the Lord's Day to come, then listen in this afternoon at three p.m. Eastern, and then Monday. We've got the whole week, except for Wednesday, when we bring Lynn on. David Pruitt's going to be back with us from the Miracle Salve. We've got a whole section of series of uh, prepping. Uh, shows for you again. Uh, each of them, I, knowing David, each one of them is going to be about two hours. I know at least the first two are, and we're going to be covering gardening. And you're going to get some stuff you're not going to probably hear anywhere else from David. Trust me. I talked with him yesterday. I'm excited about that. And I know a lot of people don't stay in on that, but I'll tell you this that stuff is that information that we're giving you on the on the prepping shows. That information is going to be gold in the coming days. I'm telling you, it's going to be gold in the coming days. And uh, so join us on Monday. Lord willing, we'll talk to you at 6 a.m. Have a great weekend. Have a great Lord's Day. Get with the people of God. Read the word of God. Read it out loud. Again, it's powerful, right? And uh, submit ourselves to God so that he might do his work through us. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Lord willing, see you.